All right, what do we say? Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. What? So, one at a time, you guys tell them your names. I'm Steven. I'm Reese. How old are you guys? I'm eight. I'm six years old. So, you're eight and you're six, right? How about we do some announcements? You guys want to help me do some announcements? Yeah. Hey, all right, coming up this Tuesday. Tuesday. Do you remember what we had this Tuesday? The Chosen Group. The Chosen Group. The Chosen Group. At 6.30 p.m. On this Tuesday, right? So you can sign up on the app. Sign up on the app. And that's going to be cool, isn't it? That's going to be cool. That's going to be super cool. That's going to be super cool. (laughs) I got a little hair. I got got a joke. I got a joke. You got a joke? Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the joke? Could a building have feet, hands, and eat icebergers? Got the eye and the mouth. No. Yes. That's what they had to do. Okay, we'll work on your punchlines. It's like my dad. All right, we had another announcement, right, Rito? So we have the worship circle. What day is the worship circle on? Wednesday. What time? 6.30 p.m. That's right. You can join us. You can sing along. You can bring your instrument. Hey, Reed, what instrument do you play? I play piano. Yeah, you're really good, too, aren't you? You're taking lessons. Stevie, what instrument do you play? Bass. You play bass? You like playing bass? Yeah. All right, cool. So that's the worship circle. That's this Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. One more youth. Okay, that's going to be... On November 1st. That's right, 6.30 p.m. Hey, invite the junior high and senior high students. You know, uh, that'll be great. We have lots of fun at that. Also, later in the month, I believe it's November 17th, we're doing a uh, concert uh, with our worship team here. It'll be an awesome night of worship. I encourage you guys to join us for that. What should people do? Should they... What about the app? What should they do? Buy it. Buy it but it's free. Yeah. So download it. Tell everybody to download the app. Download, download the, the app. app. And it's free. And it's free. Right. What it's can they free. do on the app? Watch worship. Worship. And? Sermon. <laughs> right. And you can also check out upcoming Jesus. events. Is Keith and you're on Spotify. We're not yes, on Spotify yet. Yes. No, we're on, we're on YouTube. So check out the YouTube page. Anyway, you guys, say goodbye. Goodbye. Let's get ready for church. I have one more joke. Okay, what's the joke? It's not the building one, is it? Can you take rocks with... Can you break rocks with the axe? Yes, you can. Okay, that wasn't much of a joke. It's more of a statement. Get ready for church. Good job, boys. Um, left or right? Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, right. Yes, that way. Where do they get that from? All right, good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. Here we go. We're going to get ready and and pop in. Worship has been great. So now that you're here, we can enjoy that. And then I'll be in John chapter 5 today as we continue on in our series. Uh, Are you talking to me? And great question today in John 5. Do you want to get well? So get ready. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, hon. How you doing? So I know we were actually here last week, but we've been like through a bajillion time zones. And Three. Like, it felt like a lot more. Three. <clears throat> That's okay. Anyways, and we've been busy, so it felt like we were gone for a lot longer. So I'm really, really happy to see you guys today. Looking forward to spending time with you all. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in the event that you do not yet know. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We had a really nice time this morning and last night, so we're looking forward to spending it with you guys in our 9.30 flavor. As an aside, he always makes fun of me for saying we have a 9.30 flavor, and while we were at our pastor's conference, 
They said that we had flavor, and I was like, "See, I'm not the only one who does it." I had made no comment. You, yeah, you always do though. That always is a stretch. So, anyways, looking forward to our 9:30 flavor in worship. Yay! <clears throat> After worship, we'll have Pastor Georgina come up, lead the kids through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes, and then we'll have our time in the Word. Pastor Steve is back from his little weekend getaway. Woohoo! No, you didn't die, but you'll hear about that later. (laughs) Before we get into any of that, guys, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. There's no place we'd rather be. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. And God, we invite your presence deeper. We say yes. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Merciful God, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake. Remember and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now. And I'd encourage us all to sing out in this time. We're going to lift up Jesus' name this morning. If you're joining us online, please participate with the Sing along in your living rooms. Hallelujah. Amen. All that good stuff. If we're here in the room now, uh, we can hear you guys sing with us. And we're always so pumped and encouraged when you guys lift your voices with us. So please do. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. And praise God from whom all blessings flow.
we love you and we thank you for this time of worship in your presence. You are so faithful to us and you are so true, God. And Lord, as we prepare to study your word, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. You are so good, God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning. Wow, hey, cool. How are you? Nice. Oh, wow, did it hurt? I can buy mine, but I can die $5. Nice. Nice. Hi, boys and girls. Good job, Cole. Okay, who knows what the most important book in the whole entire world is? Yes. The Bible. Good. Close. Jesus is, is always the answer. Miss Alice says, yeah, yeah. You do what? Good, yes, the Bible, right? And today's story comes from the first book in the Bible. Do you know what the first book of the Bible is? The name? No. Does anybody know the name? Yes, Sarah. Very good, Sarah. It is Genesis, right? Okay, does everybody see me? Raise your hand if you see me. Raise your hand if you can see me. That's so good. Okay, so look at me, okay? And, and, And then listen. Ready? Got listening ears? Okay, cool. So we are going to talk about a guy named Abram and a woman named Sarai. Can you say the name? Sarai? Can you say Sarai? Cool. Very good. And they were family of Noah. Remember how we learned about Noah? Right? What this amazing thing happened to Abram. God told Abram that he was going to make a special promise with him, which is called a covenant. He was going to make a special covenant with him. Hi, guys. Right? And he said, but you must leave your home and go to a land I'm going to show you. And then he told them, you're going to have a big, big, big family. Do you guys have a big family? No? Cool. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So we all have families, right? And then he told him he was going to give him a land to live in. Do you guys like land? Do you guys have a home? Right? You have a home to live in. So God said he was going to give him a home. I know. Wow. Listen, guys. Did you hear that? Okay, good. So, yeah. And then he told them, God told them, Abraham, I'm going to bless everyone because of you, right? He did that. But Abram was sad. Can you make a sad face? <gasps> sad face? Yeah. He was sad because he was like, that's good. He was like, I don't have any kids, right? And my wife and I, are, we're older. How is that going to happen? But he obeyed God anyway, right? And he and Sarai, and then he had a nephew named Lot. You got to remember the name because it's going to come up. He had a nephew named Lot, right? And Lot, And they all went and left their home and went to the to the um, land of Canaan, okay? And then an amazing thing happened, guys. All of a sudden, right, they were sitting down, he was sitting down or doing, minding his own business, and then God appeared to him. Amazing, right? And then this is our Bible verse. Then the Lord took Abram outside 
And he said to him, look up. Can you look up? Look up into the sky, right? And, and count the stars if you can. Have you been outside and tried to count the stars? It's too much. It's impossible, right? But he, but God said, that's how many descendants. Descendants means children and children, and they will have children, right? Descendants you will have. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and and that that happened, guys. He had a lot of a lot of um. Yeah, when he was 99 years old, God visited Abram again, but he changed his name from Abram to who knows, Sarah. Excellent. Abraham, right? And he told them, I'm going to change your name because that means father of many nations, of many people, right? And then he told Sarai, Sarai, I'm going to change your name to Sarah. Very good, Sarah. And she, and he, and God told her, you're going to have a child. It's going to be a son and you're going to name him Isaac. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Isaac. Yes, so God keeps his promises, okay? Very important. And God said that he would bless people through Abraham. Well, God sent Jesus, who was from the family of Abraham. And we are blessed through Jesus because he saves us from our sin, right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? I know, it's amazing. All right, you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Yeah. Everyone nice and loud together, okay? Is it somebody's birthday? I don't think so. Only Hannah's, but you can tell her that when <laughs> when you see her out there, okay, in your classroom, you can sing to her, right, Miss Cameron? Cool. All right, guys, you ready? Genesis fifteen five. Genesis fifteen five. Okay. Then the Lord. Then the Lord. I'm gonna catch a fish. Thank you. Uh, took Abraham outside. Took Abraham outside. And said to him. Said to him, Look up. Look up. Into the sky. And count the stars. If you can, right? That's how many descendants you will have. Excellent job, guys. Here you go, Don't go yet, The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And that was probably good enough for church today. Let's take up our offering and dismiss. I'm sorry, baby. There you go. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. So now we're going to pray. You guys ready? Let's bow our heads quietly and let's think about the Lord. Ready? Father in heaven, you are so, so good to us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you have blessed us enormously, Lord God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Excellent. Go God. Okay, go have fun, guys. Have fun. Welcome to the Vineyard. Glad to have you with us. Welcome those of you joining us online. If uh, last weekend was your first weekend, you may be thinking, who's the old dude? <laughs> Let me just say, this is what happens to Douglas in 30 years. <laughs> ah. We, uh, 
Alice and I were gone last weekend, and then the rest of the staff came out. We had a vineyard leadership conference that we attended in Phoenix. That was great. Alice and I slipped out. We visited some friends for a couple of days, uh, Amy and Terry. And uh, then we went and saw the Grand Canyon together. It was very cool. Uh, just the colors. And uh, you, 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 you honestly are taken when you, if you have, for the first time, if you see it for the first time, it's like, <gasps> and then you just think about the goodness of God and how creative God is. And we celebrated communion out there. It was just wonderful. And so, uh, so we had a great time. But thank you, Doug and Kim and Fran and Georgina and all the staff and all the volunteers. And, Everybody for giving us that weekend. That was very cool. If you're a first-time guest this weekend, uh, that's a code is for you. You just point your smart device at it with a camera on, and a link will pop up on your smart device, and that goes right to our digital connect card, and it asks then for your name and your phone number and email address. And if you would put those things in there over the next five or six weeks, we'll send you some emails and some texts, just welcoming you and letting you know a few things about the church. There's also a gift for any first-time guests, and if you didn't get one on the way in, go to guest services when you're done and pick up your gift, and that would be very, very cool. We're continuing on in a series we're doing called, are you talking to me, based on a verse out of John 6, where Jesus had said some hard things, and a bunch of people have left, and Jesus looks at his disciples and said, you guys leave in two, and they said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal Life. And remember, when you, when you see that phrase, eternal life, don't think about something off in the distance. It's talking about the power of life. That's what that word means. That word means. And remember, Jesus brought the power of life into the world and defeated the power of death. And so, um, these are the words, in, and John uses the, the, you know, Jesus' words so well to speak to us and to help us know how to live in this world. Our last series was about being people of hope and new creation people. In this series, really, how do we live practically in a, you know, a fall in a broken world as new creation people? And what does that look like? And we've, we've talked about grace last, last time I was here, not labeling people. And we've looked at Jesus saying, you know, what do you want? And I said, the answer to that is, God, I just want what you want. And, and we've dug into things like that. Today we're going to be talking about choices and how important choices are in our lives. Let me do a few bad jokes for you. I'm so good at sleeping. I do it with my eyes closed. Notice I said bad jokes. I didn't say, let me do you some good jokes. What did the sink say to the toilet? You look flushed. I'm not usually allowed to do bathroom humor, but I got away with it because... You know why I get away with it? Because when we were at the Grand Canyon, we were hiking a little bit. And I actually saved her life. And you might go, what? And yes, we were going down this little trail, and she slipped. And and I don't know if you've been to the Grand Canyon. It it is seriously lacking railings of any sort. I was shocked by it. I was like, how are they not getting sued constantly? And apparently, fourteen people a year fall to their deaths at the Grand Canyon. And you, anyway, we were walking down, and she slipped. And it wasn't like she was going to go into the big canyon, but she was in for about a fifteen or twenty foot fall down before there was a ledge. And uh, I just was right behind her, and I she was rolling as she was rolling over. I grabbed her leg and pulled her back, and which threw me off balance, and I barely caught myself. And then we were just there laughing, but I, but I saved her life. And now every time I say something stupid, I, but I saved your life. <laughs> but she told me I've already used that up. It's like, wow, that was quick, like three days. <laughs> Apparently, my lame jokes make some people sick. 
I think that must be a gag reflex. <laughs> Alice, my love, please come and lead us in the reading of the word. Douglas got better last time, last week. <laughs> I changed the emphasis a little. Did you change it? That's good. You know, we've spent our whole adult lives in the Keys. And so our shoes reflect that. Don't pay attention to these little ankle boots. They're just for show. They're not for anything fun. But we go to the Grand Canyon. I've got Skechers on. You know, and so, yeah, you know, those are my tennies. You didn't have much better. He's got Crocs on. And so (laughs) the chances of slippage are, you know, it's going to happen. And uh, it was a little scary, but, yes, you saved my life. I'll hear hear about that for the rest of my life, too. It was kind of funny. And our friends Amy and Terry were farther down the, the path than us. And Amy looked and said, are you going to die? 15? No, not 15. I'm okay. And as soon as she knew I was okay, she took a picture of, my, of me laying there. So if you want to see it, you can come. She sent it to me. And I just want to share one more thing. Just our, our precious, precious Georgina. Every time we take her to a conference, another church tries to steal her. So we're, we're, in the, we're in the lobby of the hotel, and a pastor, Steve, has known for years and years from Urbana, came down, and you can see him starting to talk. Oh, what do you do? Do you do this? What are you doing? She's going, yeah, she's so sweet. And Steve yells over the heads of all these people, stop trying to steal my employees. <laughs> but that's not the first time that's happened. With no, they will do that. Yeah. Pastors are merciless. They just start grabbing your phone. Fo- I'm like, hey, stop it. Georgina, come here. Walk away from yeah. that person. <laughs> exactly what he said. Okay, let's let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Daddy, you're so good to us, so good, and you are so holy and so worthy. Father, we live in this tension between the now and the not yet. And Lord, I ask today that you would break through with a little bit of that not yet. That where, where there's hopelessness, Lord, you would fill with hope. Father, where there is sickness or discouragement or any dark thing, your light would break through. And we would live out of that place knowing that we are the place where heaven and earth meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John, and it's chapter 5, 1 through 15. And if any of you have been blessed enough to see the chosen, this scene is in there, and it will probably be in your mind as I read it to you, because it was mine. The healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. I can never say that. Bethesda. Bethesda, Bethesda, thank you, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. 
he picked up his mat, and he walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can be seated. Another great passage of scripture. I, I love the Gospel of John anyway, and uh, and this is uh, it is one of my favorite. I know I say that every week, but but I really do love what's going on here, and and what's happening. And I love this amazing question that Jesus asked. And if you were here some years ago, I hit this point in scripture, and we kind of hung out on this question really for about two years, uh, because it is that powerful of a question. Do you want to get well? And there, it's so significant because it's a question that we can ask ourselves over and over and over again and apply to so many different areas of our lives. And, and what's going on here is one who had been there, uh, one who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asks him, do you want to get well? Now, uh, you know, on first reading, you, you think, well, that's kind of a silly question, because obviously the guy wants to get well. He spent a long time at a place where, where you know, was known for healing, uh, which is a whole other story and what's going on there, really, and all the things that are happening. But he was there because it was a place known for healing. And yet, after years, he had never been healed. But he still hadn't changed his circumstance. He still hadn't changed what was going on. And what happens is, and what we can learn from this, is that sometimes in our own lives, we get so used to the way that we're living, even if it's not good, that it becomes familiar. And then we have this habit of choosing familiar over good or healthy in all sorts of situations. We'll settle for familiar all the time. You see it uh, in, in we, you know, young people that have had bad situations will often move into similar situations in their adult life because it's familiar and they're, they're moved towards it. It's not what's healthy. It's familiar. And, and so you have a guy who's, who's just kind of settled into a familiar situation. Now the word there, um, Invalid, it could mean a lot of different things, sick, diseased, weak, lots of things going on there. There's something wrong with this guy. That's the story we have. And he's been that way a very, very long time in a place known for healing, but nothing has changed. And he's got lots of excuses, as we'll find out. But his excuses allowed him to continue living the way that he'd always been living. Now, Jesus arrives on the scene. And I love this about Jesus. Jesus sees this guy. 
There's other folks there. But Jesus has a way of seeing people that nobody else sees. Jesus, when you're looking with the eyes of Jesus, you, your, your eyes will automatically go to people who are often sort of the least of and have been dismissed. And, and that's what's happening with this guy. He's been there a long time. He's kind of, you know, back off in the distance. And yet Jesus sees him and Jesus goes to him and Jesus extends the kingdom of God to him. That's what Jesus always does. How does he extend the kingdom to him? With that question. Do you want to get well? That's what makes it such a powerful, powerful question. And, and it's a question that they said we need to be asking ourselves. Do we? Do we want to get well? And, and you know, what do you say? Oh, of course, no. But, but really, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to break away from the familiar, if that's what's necessary, in order to be well? Will you, will you respond in faith? Will you trust God in what you have to do? Will you do what he says? Or maybe, and here's sort of the issue that, that we spent so long looking at, maybe, maybe you don't want to get well, but you would like to feel a little better. Or maybe, just maybe, you, you'd sort of like to know, listen, Jesus, do you have something that would allow me to keep doing what I'm doing, but maybe sort of take away some of the consequences? Because I'm looking for that option. Have you got anything like that? And, and yet the question is just there as he extends the kingdom. Do you want to get well? Such a wonderful question. Do you want to get well? And that's what we have to answer. And so we, we get into this second point, which is, what we have to do to get well is we have to stop making excuses. Because I think we're pretty good. I don't usually like to talk for the whole group, but I'm going to in this case. I think we're pretty good about making excuses for why we don't want to change certain things. So you can kind of hang with that one or not. I like to call it, we, we, we're very good at rationalizing why we should do things that we know we really shouldn't be doing. And, you know, rationalize, that's just telling yourself rational lies, right? <laughs> and, there, and some of we're really good at some excuses, right? Because we buy into them. Ooh, that's a good excuse. Ooh, but do we really want to get well? And, and so we go on in verse seven. It says, "Sir, the invalid replied." Here's some excuses for you. I got no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred, and while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Really? You mean after all that time? You couldn't figure out you ought to camp out on the edge? <laughs> or, or hold people back? You, that you got no way? See, it's an excuse. Oh, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm all alone. Someone else always gets there for, it's just, it's just not fair. It's too, it's too hard. What, what if it doesn't work? What, what if I can't do it? It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's society's fault. It's the culture's fault. It's the government's fault. Anybody's fault but mine is not my fault. I'm in pain. Nobody cares. God just wants me to be happy, doesn't he? Who? Too many people use that one all the time to rationalize things that they shouldn't do. I've tried before. I just I can't change. What difference does it make? I will fail. Add your excuse here. It, it, we just sort of keep doing it. And, and there's no life there. There's no life there. And, and I want you to see, too, what happens is, and I love this, I love this thing, is that Jesus doesn't help him to the pool. 
Jesus doesn't even help him get to the edge. What does Jesus do? Jesus just tells him what he needs to do. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And when he responded to that, Jesus made him well. People go, well, did, you know, did he get well and then do it? I think it's as he began to do it, and then all of a sudden, he's made whole. Something's changed. And so if you really want to get well in your life, what you have to do is you have to listen to Jesus. You put your faith and your trust in him, and you do what he says. Now, we call that something that you've heard for years and years and years and years here. Live by doing. That's how it works. See, that's what it's all about. We live by doing the next right thing. Alice and I were in a great discussion the other week over coffee. And it was, I don't remember the whole discussion now of how difficult and complicated people make things. And what it always boils down to is just do the next right thing. Why is that difficult? Because that's where the battleground is. See, the battleground that you have once you come to Jesus, the battleground then is over your choices. And you have the ability to make choices, to either choose to do the next right thing or to choose not to. And I, I love this as the story goes on. And there's a whole lot of things here about what happened on the Sabbath and whatever. It's a, it's a whole other series and stories and how I could get stuck there for years. But verse 14, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see your well again. I love this. Stop sinning. Punctuation mark of some kind, even though it's not there, it should be. Jesus just looked at them and says, stop sinning. I'd like to quote Jesus here. <laughs> stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. Stop it. There's a, there's a video clip. If you get a chance and you, you, you Google Bob Newhart, stop it. He's a counselor in this clip, and then somebody comes to him with something weird, and he just goes, stop it. And, and I, I, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I wish it was that simple. At some level, listen, as a believer, at some level, it is sort of like that. Stop doing what you shouldn't and start doing what you should. Now, hear me say this, because people go, oh, listen, from, from your past to your present, right, there's a lot of mess in there. And there's a lot of reasons for why you might choose to do things. But that no longer defines who you are. You may need to look at that so you can figure out why you might do some of the things you do. But it's not an excuse to continue to do things that you shouldn't do. That's who you were. You, 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 you kind of know that, but you press on from that in your life. So from your past to your present, and why that's so important is that's where the enemy wants to keep you. Stuck there. Defined by that. I don't want to be defined by my past. It's not pretty. I'd much rather be defined by where I'm heading and who I'm heading to uh, because that's where life is. I'm a new creation person. That's the old creation. But the battleground is the enemy wants you to keep putting that back on. And so, look, it, it's there. I'm not saying you just... It's there, but you press into it, you deal with it, you get what's broken to the cross, you get it made whole, and then you stop messing with it and you don't let it define you. That's your past to your present. From your present to your future, here's what you do. Next right thing. That's where life is. The enemy wants you back there. Why? He wants to keep you stuck in an invalid life. That's the whole point of the story. Jesus wants you moving from here that way, and what he does is give you full and abundant now and forever. Life with meaning, purpose, passion, mission, all those things. 
See, that's what we're called to. That's where life is. The question is, do you want to get well? Do you really want it? Are you willing to do what it takes? And I would say, yes, Lord, whatever it takes. And it's, see, the, the thing is, why it's a battle is it's not always easy to do the next right thing. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> I never say that. <laughs> I don't know why I said it then. <laughs> it's not easy. To do the next right thing. It's, it's, sometimes it's a lot easier to not do the next right thing. Sometimes it's a lot easier to take a shortcut. Sometimes it's, you know, my, oh, my flesh is, yes. But, but look, Jesus didn't say stop sinning without giving you the power to back it up. As a believer, what's different about you is that Holy Spirit, you're the temple. You're the place where heaven, Holy Spirit. Douglas said it last week. He talked about the dunamis of the Holy, it's the dynamite. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit now dwells in you so that you can do the next right thing. He will help you. You choose, He helps. You choose to do the next right thing, Holy Spirit will help you do it. You choose not to, then you're on your own. And how's that working for you? So we do the next right thing. But not he can say that because he empowers us to not do it. And listen, let me say this. Because the, the way that we're supposed to live, the, the, you find life by doing the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing. That's how you find life, full and abundant life. We're in the process of being sanctified, and sometimes you won't do the next right thing. We, all, we won't always do the next right thing. Sometimes we'll have the power to do the next right thing, but we'll choose not to. Here's what you need to know every time is is instead of letting that trigger you into more wrong decisions, more wrong decisions, more wrong decisions, because that's what the enemy wants to do. Do one wrong thing, and the enemy wants to see. Boop, the enemy will bring up your past. See, you're not good enough. You can't make it. You can't do it. You're not. And what you do is you go, okay, that was the wrong choice. You go running back to the Father every time. And the Father will always be there with open arms. He will never not be there with open arms. I promise you, that's the nature of God. He can't be anything else. If you ever begin to think that you can't do that, you won't do it, and you're going to get stuck. So you go running back to Him. What does He do? He loves you. Oh, He loves so love you. Yeah, I know you're, you messed up, but that's, I love you so much. Now, go and do the next right thing. And off we go. See, that's, that's how we live this thing out. That's, that's his hand in it. I've, I've empowered you. Do the next right thing. We, we go, when we go back to God, people get stuck here. Because, it, it, you know, it's about confessing. And people get all this, they go, oh, confess, I'm going to confess my sin. Well, I can't do that anymore because I've said it so, you know. And we go, oh, it's, I'm sorry, God, for that. That is not confession. Let me tell you. Confession is a compound word in the Greek. Homo logeo, which means same word. Same word. When you've messed up, when you've gone the wrong way, you go running back to God. He loves on you. Here's what you're saying. God, your way was right. My way was wrong. Your word was right. My way was wrong. It's a learning process. Why? Because over time you realize his way is always right and yours ain't. And, it's a, and so he loves you and he wants you to learn. And you learn. And just like you can never, you just keep going until all of a sudden you go, you know what? I'm pretty confident his way is right. I think I'll do it that way. And there's another one that you got beat. Then you go on to the next thing and you do the next right thing and you keep doing it. See, that's how we find life. Do you want to get well? I know the answer is yes. But 
But you move into this. You make those choices. You enter the battle. You realize the enemy doesn't want you to do it. You choose to do the next right thing. He'll help you do it. And that's where you find life. Amen. Alice, my love, why don't you come? Let's listen for the Lord for a moment and pray, and then we'll dismiss. Papa, you are so good to us. Your love for me, your love for us is overwhelming. I, I think about how amazing you are. And I see you in, in the magnificence of your creation. And that you created us to love us and to bear your image and to reflect you into the world. We've messed it up so many times. And yet, you still love us. You've pursued us. You've made a way for us to have life in you. And so, Papa, I, I, I would ask for each one of us, again, for another one of those amazing cosmic do-overs, that today is a new day. And that we choose to do the next right thing. We choose to engage in the battle. To not allow the enemy to keep us stuck in the past. To no longer define us by what we were but to know that we're defined by you and who we are in you as new creation people. And we put on that new creation, God. And we want to walk it out, empowered by your Holy Spirit, making a difference in the world around us for you. And you are an awesome and amazing God. Fill us, God. Fill us again, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Just take a beat for a second. With Stay in the posture of worship and think about the Lord for a minute. I just feel like there's somebody that's really discouraged. I don't know if you're online. It could be more than one of you, but I just see a woman really discouraged. And you're getting really weary. And the Lord wants you to know today, do not grow weary in doing good, because he is with you. The Lord is with you. And may that discouragement just lift off your life, and may you have a breakthrough in Jesus' name. And then I saw someone just fervently praying for a wayward child. And I don't know if it's a a son or a daughter but your heart your heart's cry is for this child and the lord wants you to know that he has a plan for that child's life that you can rest and i don't feel like he's saying to stop praying for that child because that's your communication with god but stop worrying he's got it bless you lord do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God is good. This journey starts by knowing Jesus. The invitation, he extends the kingdom. Do you want to get well? Our response, yes, Lord, yes. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never asked him to be that, do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That changes everything. And that's how we engage in his story. 
Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity. And thanks for joining us in, in worshiping him with our giving and our offering and our tithing. And what a blessing it is to partner with you on this journey and enjoy the faithfulness of God together. Let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have a great day. Please go out these doors. They will be open for you. Be safe. Weather doesn't look too great, but eh, what are you going to do? Catch some fish anyway. We love you guys. Goodbye, everybody. We love you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Do you want to go? Well, I love the question. What a, what a great deal. What a great God we have. He's amazing. So we have something exciting planned this afternoon, dear. I know. Do you want to tell everybody? You're doing it again, and people will mock us. But they okay. will mock us. We are, we're going to put up our Christmas tree today, but just with the lights. Just we don't the light, do the ornaments. Yeah. We we're like not the crazy. Lights. We're not crazy. <laughs> we're not crazy. It's a little crazy, yeah, it's a little but crazy. it's all good. We love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.